0: On this week's episode, once again, the spice is life for Dune. The Walking Dead's time is ending soon, or is it? And we know when and how much it will take to get our hands on an Xbox Series console. All this and more as we reach our next stop the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and, of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you can go ahead and send us out some Facebook gaming stars, or if you can like, subscribe, share, whatever you can do to follow us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is truly appreciated. Just want to give everybody heads up we've been doing coverage of the nba playoffs each and every day at the lakers fast breaks if you're interested in the nba playoffs check that out on the lakers fast break and football is back the nfl starts tonight as we're taping this so if you want to check out last minute very last minute tips from our own chris sardieri at inside sports inside sports fantasy football lives again on your favorite podcast outlet But unfortunately, Josh is gone on hiatus for at least the week. He's gonna come back for the Monday show. But filling in is an awesome man indeed. You gotta check out what he's doing today under Marcus De la Garza Enterprises, as I call it, because he's got everything going on, including all the graphic design, all the drone stuff that he does, and so much more. It is the man himself, and I truly appreciate him taking the time to speak to me today on some pop culture. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, thanks for coming back on, man. Oh, 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 Kevin Harvick. Oh, 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 oh,
2: oh. Oh, Oh, man. Are we going to dig back into the NASCAR? We should maybe leave that at last week, and uh, I think we've got some things to talk about today. But I will say there's some really big news in NASCAR today. We got Bubba Wallace leaving the Richard Petty Motorsports Shop, so we'll see where he lands and... There's some silly season happening, and we'll—I I, guess—we'll have to get together and talk about it right before championship weekend.
0: Absolutely, with Bubba Wallace, I think it's just a chance to go to a—there a, you go, BW, BW, there for you. It's just a chance for him to go to a more competitive race team. As much as I have a, a fondness for RPM, they're a one-car team, and as you know, it's all about the more cars, the the more sponsors, the more money you can put in there the better chance you have of winning races. But it is going to be a great episode we've got for you today. In fact, later on in the episode, TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground, he's going to be stopping by to talk at length about his thoughts on Chadwick Boseman and also where he thinks the Black Panther saga should go next as far as what characters. And I'm going to ask Marcus coming up in the episode as well before we head on out on that question. So... I want to go ahead and and let everybody know that TJ Johnson is coming up later in the program to talk Black Panther 2. Also, we're going to be talking about a lot of good things, including Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War multiplayer. The trailer came out. Oh, my gosh. Activision is trying to draw me back in. Are they drawing you back in, too? I'll ask you here in a sec on that. So hold on. You've got a lot of stuff to say. I know that on, on Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. So we'll talk about that in a sec. The Walking Dead is closing up shop finally for a lot of people after 11 seasons with a supersized season coming up since they also announced a spin off, Is The Walking Dead really ending after 11 seasons? Because there's some stuff coming up as well with that series. Marvel's Avengers video game. I know a lot of people have been playing it, but is it any good? We're going to share thoughts at the back end of the show on that. The Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X. The release date and price are announced. Is Marcus interested? We'll talk about that here coming up at the back end of the show. Daisy Ridley let out some stuff when she was talking to Josh Gad on the Jimmy Kimmel show earlier this week about Star Wars. Would have been the right move to go the way that she was talking about. We'll talk about that here coming up in a few minutes. And of course, we've got a lot of other stuff to talk about right here on the latest PCC Multiverse. But first... You know, a little trailer drop that I think a lot of people were very much looking forward to because it comes from a director that is well-beloved here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, Denis Villeneuve, who Josh and I have gushed over at length because of his work on Blade Runner 2049, among others. Well, he's coming out with Dune, another remake. I think this is the third or fourth remake of Dune if I'm not mistaken. So I want to ask you this right now, my friend. The impressions I have with the all-star lineup involved, from Zendaya to Timothy Chalamet to Oscar Isaac to Josh Brolin to Jason Momoa to blah, 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 blah. I mean, the list seems to be going on and on for this. So the, the stars truly appreciate Denis Villeneuve's work previously, whether it's Blade Runner 2049 and on. But if you've seen the trailer, it is truly awesome to see whether or not people will understand what's going on because it looks like it's going to be a larger thing with Dune where it looks like it's going to be spread out maybe over multiple movies. We'll have to wait and see, but it certainly seems to be hinting towards that. I want to hear your thoughts on Dune. Visually, Denis Villeneuve really gets it done. I'm just worried about when people... Because people are not reading the book anymore. And people may read the book as it gets closer to the start date, but it is, they're not reading the book as much as they used to in the past. So a lot of people that'll be watching it might be confused about what's going on.
2: Well, I don't want to you know scare you too much here, Gerald, but I, I've actually never read or seen any of the Dune movies. Well, never see, that's what
0: I mean. That's what that's exactly. I mean, there's so many people like yourself that haven't seen it or, or been part of any of the source material. How did it appeal to you as a consumer? Let me give
2: you my first take on it. So when I first loaded up that that uh, trailer and was watching it, it felt like a uh, Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven, like the first minute of that trailer.
0: Oh, Josh! Uh, Josh is uh, liking that Josh somewhere because that's his favorite movie. So
2: is it really? It's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Uh, Gladiator keeps coming up in my in my brain uh, the last six months for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Ridley You're Scott. Must be just a Rid- wrote-
0: yep, Ridley Scott fan right there for you.
2: I mean I am but it's really coming around but it was really appealing to me. They gave you enough to make you intrigued but they didn't give you enough to make you feel like you knew the entire storyline which is a problem I feel like with most trailers nowadays nowadays you know like you go into a um a Marvel a Marvel movie and it feels like you've probably watched 75% of it you know just because of uh the way that they break the trailers down and set everything up for you Um, which isn't a bad thing. It's just not my style to a certain extent. So I was really excited when I first watched this Dune trailer. Um, and I, I'll tell you, I probably felt a little Ridley Scott-esque kingdom of heaven-esque because they mentioned a crusade coming. Right. And so, uh, just, I don't know, just that first minute and a half, I kind of sat back. I was like, this is a 400 page book. Why have I not read this yet? This is, this is simple. Let's go. It's actually on my list right now. So I think we still have a whole nother year until the expanse final book comes out which means Dune's going to be coming up on my Kindle probably tomorrow. And so uh, I'll start reading that and get back to you guys on that because it's going to be a really fun adventure here. You know, we've we've got some really cool movies coming out right now. It's been fun for me as a sci-fi addict, but uh, I know that for the rest of the world, we're trying to drag people in kicking and screaming to a certain extent at times.
0: Visually, it really draws you in.
2: That trailer, Gerald, was fantastic uh, visually. And then when you start looking at all the names that are tagged onto this, Uh, did that make you kind of just drop your jaw for a second?
0: Well, I had had already actually, I knew the the cast already going into it because, you know, you read IMDb and all that, but it just shows me that people in Hollywood have such an affinity of working with a certain director, like Christopher Nolan. People would just drop everything to work with Christopher Nolan. And it sounds like from what I'm seeing with Denis Villeneuve, that they're willing to go ahead, no matter the name, no matter how much they've done. Like Jason Momoa, he's not starring in this; he has a side yeah. role. Ja, jo- you know Josh Brolin, he has a side role as Gurney. Uh, you know Oscar Isaac, he has a. They, I mean, these guys have all important roles, but it's not the top role. And Timothy Chalamet, who still a lot of people don't know of, even though he's done a lot of fine work he has got the top role in this. He is the lead character for the most part. So, I I'm just like I said, I'm just excited for it and it seems like all these actors are excited to work with Denis Villeneuve. They've seen his work like Blade Runner 2049 and what and all the other things that he's put out. And it just seems like a lot of people are very interested to work with him. Visually this the already it looks stunning. The actual worm that that helps generate the spice that is such a source of of the I guess, the the of conflict itself between the two houses it is going to be something that you can see there is just visually striking and the whole world and universe that it's going to be. The question is, is it going to stay on its December release date? There is already talk that Wonder Woman 84 and Dune are two of the prime candidates to be moved back, so I don't want to get your hopes up too high. It's just rumors at this point, but it could be very well the case, so... I want to hear your thoughts on this. Is it something I know you're already excited about seeing in December? Do you really expect it to come out in December when all is said and done?
2: Not at all. Uh, and I, th- I think we've lightly touched on this on previous episodes where I've been on with NASCAR and we've talked about them returning to the racetrack. But I think it's a little bit too early to anticipate things like that. I think it's California, or you know, maybe it's just LA County specifically is is starting to cancel Halloween, right? So. We're already projecting things like that to be canceled. I think it's a little optimistic right now to look forward to this December release, but at the same time, we never know. There, We could have some radical shift here in the next month that could allow us to do that, but I'm going to hang my hat on it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that this one might be delayed until February March
0: so at this point in time i would say it is advisable in the current climate for anything large budget and that is wonder woman 84 and that is the no time to die and that is dune and that is black widow all these movies i want to see now i'm preparing myself to say you know what i'm not going to be able to see it
2: yeah and i i I don't know if they call them this in uh, the movie world but to borrow some lingo from our uh, video game realm they're all triple A titles. Why would you try and put a triple A title out when you kind of need that theater audience to help you out here, right? Absolutely. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, the, the eventual release of Dune, but you know, I'm with you here. It, it's, it seems a little premature to be saying that we're going to be optimistically reopening theaters and, and in theaters to see Dune for the December release.
0: We'll wait and see, my friend. There's no exact perfect scenario as far as how a movie can, can make money in this climate. But when you're talking about a huge, monumental budget type film like Dune, it's. It, I'm going to say right now that if it does come out in December, uh, it, it, the movie studio is prepared to lose money.
2: Which is unfortunate. I mean, over the lifetime of that movie, it will end up making money just based on what we've seen on the trailers. It can't be that bad, right? Yeah. But it's sad to see, you know, the work that these people put into this movie is not going to be appreciated on the large on the proper uh, viewing. Yeah, uh, solution here.
0: Because even after, let's say, a vaccine is done or people start going out and whatnot, there's still going to be people out there that are going to be hesitant to go out and go with the family to the movie theater after what's gone on for at least next year, two years, three years. Could be even five. Could even, they may never even come back and wait until, you know, we're just going to get to a lifestyle where we wait for everything video on demand. There are people that are out there that are going to be doing that for the foreseeable future. So, we're going to have to wait and see exactly how the movie climate is for a movie like Dune. But Marcus is excited for it. I'm excited for it. We want to go ahead and check it out. And if you haven't checked it out yet, you can go ahead and look on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. It's one of our links right there for you. We hope you enjoy it. And we want to hear your thoughts on Dune. So if you have any thoughts on Dune, please let us know. Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com.
2: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast.
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, my friend, I want to ask you this. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, they came out with a nice little trailer themselves, my friend. And I want to hear this. Okay. Okay. I've talked to Josh at length about Call of Duty and him and I have been like weaned off of Call of Duty because it came out year yeah. after year the same thing yep. year, after year after year after year after year rinse, repeat but how can I blame Activision? They make money every year after it. It's the it's the, either the top selling game or in the top three every single year and it usually is the top selling game whatever year iteration it is and then they come out and they go to the Cold War which Josh and I were like Ooh, this is kind of interesting so they came out yep. with those cinematic trailers and the they came out with Ronald Reagan in it and, and all that. And everybody's going, ooh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. It might draw me back in. And then they came out with a multiplayer, which not only are you going to worldwide locations, but you could be involved in ship-to-ship battles, doom buggy battles, uh, battles on motorcycles. Of course, the obviously front to gameplay that's involved. Yep. And this game is drawing me back in. How about you?
2: I'm all All right. So I have not been on the Call of Duty train for the last four years now. And I did the same thing as you and, and Josh did. I got burned out. I was there for midnight releases year after year after year after year. And I finally realized I'm buying the same game over and over again. And I used to play Call of Duty competitively back at World at War, Modern Warfare, the first one, the original Black Ops. Like, I played competitively on a team called the Bomb Squad. And, like, we just loved playing. And I walked away from it all because it just wasn't fun anymore. However, I will say, this trailer has me ready to jump right back into the multiplayer. I wish they'd just give it to us tomorrow because I'm ready to start, you know, fragging
0: people. <laughs> well, so they are coming out with a beta at some point mm-hmm. in time. So Call of Duty does, to gain interest, I think that's really smart. Like Marvel's Avengers did. If Marvel's Avengers does do well sales wise, it's because, and we'll talk about it at the back end of the show, but if they do do well sales wise, it was because of that extended beta everybody seems to enjoy from that gives you a chunk of the campaign. But with Call of Duty, they if they really are behind one of their iterations, they do a multiplayer beta. And I believe a multiplayer beta is on the way. So you'll get nice. a taste of it. Uh, is it enough a taste? We'll have to wait and see. But I think this is going to get a lot of people interested. And it's funny because even though people are waning interest like you and I have, have gone off of the Call of Duty train, they're still at such a high popularity level. There's going to be people like us that get back in that make it even more popular for Activision.
2: I've already got two friends that haven't been playing for at least the last three years that have uh, texted me to say, hey, man, thanks for sending me the trailer. I think I'm going to buy this year. Are we going to try and do this on the PS5? And it was like, I don't know. We need that information out first before I can tell you anything. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to it, though, Gerald. It's going to be a good time. You know, yesterday with their trailer release, they gave us five maps. One of them was Armada, which is technically uh, it's like North Atlantic, right? Crossroads, which is... Uzbekistan you're like trying to secure the route into Afghanistan Miami Moscow and they gave us a satellite location in Angola and so all five of them look insane when you bring in the ship to ship aspect they have that one clip in the trailer where the guys throwing the grenade as the ship's jumping up over the wake that was the moment that I decided yes I'm buying this game
0: there you go that moment right there yeah So you hope to recreate that in the game i mean it just looks awesome i'm not going to (laughs) Uh, i hear you my friend i'll probably get killed when i buy it i'll probably get killed like 15 times over and just people just be like picking me off when i spawn but i'll tell you what it is interesting and it is truly something that is drawing me back into the world of call of duty it looks like it's drawing in marcus and his friends too and yep. we'll be talking a little bit more about the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X later on in the program to talk, maybe hopefully blend into that. So I want to hear everyone's thoughts. Is the latest trailer for Cold War, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, and they should just get rid of the Black Ops. I just get rid they of it. They really life. should. Call yeah. of Duty. I'm going to call it Call of Duty Cold War. Is Call of Duty Cold War, their multiplayer trailer, really drawing in? I know the Call of Duty Cold War campaign trailer drew you in. And I'm so glad that they're doing a campaign, because as you and I remember, they ditched it for a little while at Activision. As yeah, far. That was very disappointing. But is Call of Duty Cold War multiplayer drawing you in? We want to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, once again, I'm on with Marcus De La Garza, stopping in for Josh today. Wanna give a big shout out to Nancy Weems, one of our super fans out there. Give her a big a shout out. Hello. We just truly appreciate you watching and everybody listening out there as well. I also want to give a big shout out to everybody who likes our stuff on popculturecosmos.com. Every single time that we post something there, every time a show gets posted there that they love what we do at popculturecosmos.com and we cannot thank you enough for doing so. Before we head on to the Break My Friend and TJ Johnson I want to go ahead and get your thoughts on The Walking Dead ending after 11 seasons, kind of. To me, it's not like an ending, and I'm going to talk about this with Daphne Matthew when she stops by on the weekend, and that is this. Yes, it's supposedly ending at season 11 with a big supersized season, but they're doing a Daryl and Carol story in 2023, (laughs) I think. So is it really ending? (laughs) Is it really ending? So I ask you, my friend, it's it really ending.
2: I'm going to go ahead and and put my money on. No, I mean, it is right. We've announced the ending plan, but I think this is just like long-term planning that we've announced to kind of appease the masses. But so what they've announced is October 14th, I believe is the finale for this season for season 10, October 4th, they're going to be doing six more episodes on top of that to add to the end of season 10 that will be released in 2021. And when that happens in the spring... They'll also start filming for season eleven. At which point, we're gonna have twenty four episodes that'll probably be split twelve and twelve. Fall twenty twenty one, spring twenty twenty two. You call that ending? Because I feel like that's just aggressive planning and announcing your aggressive planning to, to your audience. I but, don't know. But
0: to okay, and I understand that they're doing kind of like a prequel. The um, I think a, a Walking Dead New World or whatever the the show. Oh, the with- spinoff. The spinoff with the kids uh, that they're doing with the high school kids and all that that's going to also debut in the near future but they've got that uh, Fear of the Walking Dead I know that's a show that, that a lot of people are poo-pooing on at left and right and but still manages to stay alive that show I'm sure is probably not got long for the future but when you have two of your main characters now in The Walking yeah. Dead that are going to be in a spinoff of the Walking Dead, isn't
2: just, that just the Walking Dead light, Gerald? Yeah,
0: it's just it's just the Walking Dead light. Like you you said it best right there. It, it just doesn't seem like it's you're doing something fresh, and it just seems like everything is off shooting. It's kind of disappointing. I know that Robert Kirkland, the creator, never actually decided to go for a cure. He you know how he ended the comic series like right right there. Uh, I wish they had gone and looked for a cure. Or wish they'd done something, or how it originated, or anything like that. They've gone into depths. They've really not gone into depths. It's just there. They've just showed it, you know, as it starts off, and it just it's there. It just it never really starts about you know where's the beginning and where's the end. They've they've really not gone into that. They may someday, but for me, it's just a situation. Yeah, I check The Walking Dead out to see the, depending on the storylines. But I'm one of those bandwagoners that jumps off and jumps on depending on the storyline. And I'm not sure I'm going to commit to a new series with the same characters once again.
2: Well, and I'll tell you, I walked away at season seven, man. Season eight, season nine, season 10 have kind of just been a wash for me. I'll poke my head in every now and then see what's going on. Read up on the uh, episode recaps just to, you know, have some knowledge of what's going on in the Walking Dead universe. But it's, I've been in and out and it's just not done anything for me. I, I, I don't understand how we've stayed afloat the last few seasons, but I don't want to disparage our Walking Dead super fan. So I don't know what's going on with this show, man. It it feels like we took something that was perfect and we decided we were gonna make a whole bunch of money off of it and made it terrible.
0: Well that's the thing. Ever since Negan's appearance on the show and and the overly violent way that I guess a lot of people got turned off on, even though he's in, his character is overly violent by nature. Uh, it it just seems like that a lot of people were turned off on it. In fact, this was a show that was getting sixteen, seventeen million viewers, that has gone down to one million, two million viewers at times. And you're talking about a show that's it was in such serious decline over the years, and it still has an audience. So obviously, it still has yeah. a you know a, pe- a base to people for people to go ahead and watch. But again when you're just going ahead and rehashing old characters that have been around since season one and you're just giving them a new show to deal with, but it's basically essentially in the same environment, the same general time frame, again, the same characters. It's not really a new show. It's just an extension of what the walking dead truly is.
2: Look, I I grew up in Texas, you know, going to the ranch every, every weekend. I have no doubt in my mind that Daryl, could have put up a, a fence, you know, like a, a fence around forty acres or something, lived right in the middle and been happy the entire time. Exactly. You know, and just main, maintain fence and stay away from the zombies, don't make noise. Like this man could have done what he <laughs> what he actually wanted. But yeah, it's 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 interesting. We'll we'll see how this kind of wraps up here. I actually am intrigued by this entire two season inside of one for season eleven concept. So I, I might be coming back to to fill in the gap there for season seven, eight, and nine.
0: And a lot of the actors have gone into doing other things like go to Star Trek Discovery or the actress who plays Maggie. She went and offered did her own things, but it didn't work out. So she's back on the show. One of the actresses, she's going to play Selena in a new thing for Netflix. You know, they're they're all getting tired of it to an extent as far as it's concerned. and, And they're all distancing themselves from the series. So I guess it's time for the base Walking Dead series to end at some point. It looks like it is going to be ending after a supersized 11 season, so if you out there are shedding a tear over it, don't really shed it because you'll be seeing Daryl and Carol still in the future of The Walking Dead. What are your thoughts out there on The Walking Dead ending after 11 seasons? We want to hear your thoughts, Pop cosmos at yahoo.com. It's also all well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity, Media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos on TikTok as well. Well, before we head to the break, my friend and TJ Johnson, I want you to go ahead and give me a a little bit of thoughts on something you asked to go ahead and talk about. And that was Ninja crawling back to Twitch. Come take me back, Twitch. He decided to go ahead and uh, he gave everybody a taste about about a month ago or so on Twitch and YouTube. Got a lot of people interested in, in his stream. And it was just a matter of time when the bidding war, because I'm assuming YouTube uh, also tried to get him, because they've been trying to get a couple of high-profile streamers as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on Ninja crawling back to Twitch. Take me back. And Twitch actually wanting to go ahead and giving him a multi-year deal as well.
2: He got really lucky, I think, to a certain extent, because it felt like he maybe burned some bridges on the way out of Twitch. You think? Yeah, but... I honestly don't know how he landed this contract, but I'm 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 glad for him. I mean, this is a, a big deal for Twitch. It's a big deal for Amazon. Uh, let's just call it what it is at the end of the day, bringing that many viewers to the Twitch platform, which is the extension of the Amazon. Yep, money, sponsorship or advertisement money. It's That's always what it about is. the money. It is always about the money. But at, at the end of the day, I think you will end up seeing a better Ninja product. And I'm not. This isn't coming from a Ninja fan. I've watched a few of his videos, you know, here and there. But like, I'm not a religious diehard. You know. Watcher, but I think we might get back to some better quality videos now that he's back on a platform that he appreciates, or maybe knows a little bit more better than anything else he's done recently on Mixer, YouTube, you know, back to Twitch. Uh, it, it's going to be fun. I, I I look at this more as we're going to see the explosion of Twitch again. Twitch bloomed while Ninja was there. It has continued to grow, but I think we're going to about to see explosive growth growth for Twitch again as a platform, which means more saturation, less quality candidates coming out
0: maybe but maybe not we'll see we'll see indeed but it also speaks to a larger issue that you and i maybe not on today's show but eventually we'll have to go into josh and i talked about as far as the non-allure with the tie profile streamers out there of going to an exclusive deal with facebook gaming because after the fall of mixer and facebook gaming got the rights to go ahead and ask for offers of these high-profile streamers. None of them, or virtually none of them, went the way of Facebook Gaming because they see that as an older platform that they're not truly interested, which is a shame for Facebook Gaming fans that they want to go ahead and, like us, go ahead and get that profile going. Because I'd love to see Facebook Gaming going because you and I are talking on several yep. different groups right now for Facebook gaming, I just shared two, and I want to go ahead and say right now that I'd love to see Facebook gaming from my own personal standpoint but also from a standpoint that it would be great to see that that bloom but I do want to go ahead sometime in the future talk to you about that because the landscape like you said is maybe shifting back toward Twitch because Twitch caters to a younger audience and Twitch wants to go ahead and be a broader base platform than just gaming and I'll say right now that Twitch's gain is Facebook's loss, and that's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with for now until Facebook Gaming can go ahead and find someone or something like the pop culture cosmos that can go ahead and draw in millions of viewers. I agree 100% on that one. What are your thoughts out there on Ninja? Going back to Twitch. Come back. I'm back. I'm back.
2: He crawled back for like $20 million, so let's... I, I, I'm just going to say, I'll I'd crawl, crawl back. back for 20000000 million.
0: Cra- I'll <laughs> crawl backwards, I'll crawl frontwards, I'll crawl sideways, I'll crawl anyway for those $20 million that Twitch would have us. I'm trying to sell out, look. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but we're not doing as great a job as, as Ninja does, but if you have thoughts on Ninja going back to Twitch, let us know. Well, coming up after the break, it is TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground. He had some very emotional, deep thoughts on the passing of Chadwick Boseman, and also his thoughts on where the Black Panther series should go next. I'm going to go ahead and after that talk to Marcus De La Garza about what his thoughts are for the future of Black Panther. Plus also as well, Daisy Ridley and Star Wars. Huh? Can't get rid of Star Wars just yet. They had uh, some things pop up over the week. Uh, We'll talk about Xbox Series S and X release date and price announced. We'll hear his thoughts on that real quick. And of course, we'll end the show on Marvel's Avengers video game as well. This is the PCC Multiverse.
1: Coming soon, Zero Cool Films presents Action Figure Adventure. Super collector Jay Bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures, most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures, all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever. He fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end. What will he get? How will he get it? And how well will he do? Find out November 1st, 2020.
0: Once again, I'm speaking to my good friend, TJ Johnson. I know you wanted to talk about the passing of Chadwick Boseman. I know someone who is a definite lover of pop culture. And the, the guy who I've had one of the most emotional, inspirational interviews I ever had was when you talked about how Black Panther gave so much inspiration to so many, and you described it that day, his passing over the weekend was truly devastating for so many people out there yeah
3: you know it's it's funny i I know we we were trying to do this earlier in the week, and I thought I'd have enough time to really gather my thoughts on his passing. It's still tough to 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 really dive into it, and here's what I mean by that, what Chadwick Bozeman has meant to African-American culture, what he's meant to our culture from the standpoint of being able to be mainstream and being able to be recognized and being able to be realized on screen, Um, he was the living embodiment of of Black history, you know, from Jackie Robinson, James Brown, King T'Challa, Black Panther, it's just, he's had a laundry list of roles and more importantly than each one of the roles that he played was the was the role that he played in life. If we think about this, right, he was suffering from colon cancer for four years. Yes. That puts it back to 2016. From 2016 to 2020, we've gotten Black Panther. We've gotten, I think we were at the tail end of Civil War. So we were finishing up Civil War. We've gotten Black Panther. We've gotten a, uh, Endgame. We've gotten Infinity War. And that's just his Marvel credits. Now we can go and look at his other work that he's done. Uh, 21 Bridges. I think he did a couple of Netflix films. The uh, Five Bloods. Five, Five Bloods and Hail to the King. I think that was on Netflix as well. So this man's body of work just over the course of the last few years was just incredible. He is an embodiment of never taking a day off. And I think if he's done nothing else for me, and he's done plenty as far as I'm concerned from the standpoint of just giving me something to, to say represents us. He's giving me a personal charge. You're not too tired. You're not too beat up. You're not too worn down. You can persevere. You can fight. You can move on. And at the end, when it's the end, then it's the end. You know, but you live each moment you have as if it's the last one. You do everything you can while you can do it. And I think for me personally, that's one of the, the biggest lessons that I would take um, from Chadwick Boseman's passing is that he, he was the epitome of no plays off. You know, he he reminded me he's got a lot of mama mentality. You know, Kobe played each play. He he tried to take you out, man. Kobe wasn't about that that take it easy life. And, you know, I can say the same thing for these last four years with Chadwick Bozeman. He seriously put in work and nobody knew. Nobody knew a thing. When they found out, when I found out he passed, it literally, I had no clue. No clue. None. Very surprising. None. It's like just, it, it's, it, ugh and then you know you don't know what you have until it's gone and to hear people's re- recounts of conversations uh to hear people's stories about uh, about who he was and what he represented to see the way a lot of things in his life came around full circle even with uh being able to work with angela bassett uh, on black panther when i guess she was there for his and I, something to that fact i i don't i don't remember it exactly all i know is that they knew each other from something that he did as coming out of college and then he gets to turn around and work with her again. I mean, the, the, the way, to see the way that God works and to see the way God brought them around full circle again and to allow us to be witness to that, I thought was truly incredible. And it just, it really calls me personally to appreciate who we have while we have them and not continue to, not continue to take them for granted, you know, not continue to take any of those moments for granted, not to continue to take any of those people for granted, not continue to take any of, granted, take any of these these times that we have, these moments in time for granted with anybody. So, it, And it really does teach you as well that if you have an uh, axe to grind or if you've got a uh, an issue with somebody, you know, you got to let that go. You know, if, if 2020 has not taught us enough, it's time to move forward in love and just be better. It's not promised, man. None of this is promised.
0: Well said, my friend, well said, and I really wanted to talk about this with you. I know there's not mm-hmm. such a great time to do it. I know when do you start talking, when is it proper, when is it not, but I've already seen the conversation already started taking place, social media, other people are talking about it, and you know eventually after the morning period, after a certain period of time, you're Kevin Feige, you have to start talking about it as far as well, what is the future for Black Panther.
3: Yeah, man, that's a, that's a tough one. You know, that's something else my wife and I were talking about. I don't, let me be clear. I don't make any, I don't have any really good decisions unless my wife's involved. So we were talking about this one too. And
0: smart man. There you go.
3: Hey, she's my rock. We were talking about this one too. And we were thinking, you know, it's important that the representation that that Chadwick Boseman gave us is not stifled. And here's what I mean by that. Just like Batman is a symbol, right? He's a symbol and really Batman could be any of us. You know, anybody can be Batman from the standpoint of taking up the mantle, believing in an ideal and sticking to it with all of our core. Black Panther, again, there have been multiple Black Panthers. You know, Shuri was Black Panther for a little while. And I think that truth be told, ultimately, this is something that can be recast. And I don't say that not realizing how bad it sounds, you know, having just lost with Bozeman. But let me let me put it this way. I would imagine if I knew Chadwick Boseman and if I had the opportunity to speak to him, he would tell us the same thing. He would tell us that you have gotta pick it up and you gotta move forward and you, you can't stop. You know, the progress that we've had in being able to have representation in these major films and these superhero films and these mainstream films, that movement can't stop. And if his role in Black Panther helped open up the door for more roles in a similar fashion, then that's where the victory is really going to be. But us taking what he's done and putting it to rest is going to do him a disservice as a person, as a, a force in this movement. I think that for his legacy, you have to continue. I've heard theories about how they're going to resurrect Killmonger and then he's going to be the new black Panther and and things of that nature. And, and, and while I, I don't think that's the most far-fetched thing I've heard, I think you do that, you pretty much discredit what happened in the first film. It's like everything that happened in the first film meant really nothing.
0: Yeah, let's not go Star Wars retcon on you. Yeah,
3: like we're retconning the entire thing. And I think that that becomes a bit shaky. People would understand the reasoning for the retcon. I mean, but the truth is you're going to have your inevitable trolls that are going to try to destroy that as well, just like they did John Boyega in Star Wars. So. And, you know, he, and we hear a lot
0: from John Boyega right now.
3: Uh, you know what? Sure. Yeah, man, I I appreciate the fact that he's not scared to say, nah, it was a bunch of crap. I did not enjoy my time working on Star Wars. I did not enjoy that experience at all, and no, I have no desire to ever go back to that. I thought that was very, very powerful. The fact that he said that, and we know how big Marvel and Disney are right now. The fact that he was able to look that mouse in the face, if you want to say, yeah, I'm straight. I don't want nothing else to do with you guys ever again. That was a uh, that was pretty powerful. But yes, I think ultimately you have to recast Black Panther. I think ultimately it would be a bigger disservice to Chadwick Boseman's legacy to not move forward with Black Panther. And it's going to be weird, you know, but it's, it's not going to be any more weird than us eventually seeing another Iron Man. It's not going to be any more weird than us eventually seeing another Captain America from the standpoint of you have to replace the character. These comic book characters don't age. But the people that are playing them do age, so that part is going to have to change. Don't, the, what's going to make it weird and 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 very difficult for a lot of people is the fact that who they're replacing. You know, they're replacing uh, someone who a lot of people are going to elevate to a legendary status right now, and and you know, rightfully so. And that's going to be a difficult task in and of itself. But I do think the role ultimately has to be recast. And we went to go see The Purge. I can't think of the gentleman's name. I, I couldn't think of the the man who was the app the big drug lord or whatever, but he was kind of the one that ultimately ended up being the hero of the purge anarchy. But he was very, very physical. You could tell he had screen presence very much in shape. He'd be probably who somebody I, I can imagine taking on that role and having the physicality necessary to get it done while still being a relative newcomer to movies in general. So that'd be my pick, but it's got to be somebody that's a relative no name. If it's not Lupita or Shuri as well.
0: Carmelo John's, was the character he played, Michael K. Williams? Yep. uh There you go. Yeah. yeah throwing that hat out there. All right. There you go. <laughs> I'm
3: trying. To, I'm trying to help Marvel. But, hey, but pay me. Well, there, just let me be a consultant. Consulting hours are from nine to five.
0: Well, there are people already throwing <laughs> odds out there on who will be the next Black Panther. So that conversation, yeah. whether or not it should take place it's, it's already it's already yeah. taking place so
3: yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> but but then again it needs to take place at some point of time maybe not now but in the not too distant future with ryan kugler and of course kevin yeah. feige they need to sit down and, and map that out but i certainly don't think the characters should be written off at all whatsoever
3: no i i agree i might call marvel myself and see if i can uh if i can audition maybe i can yeah. maybe i can help
0: out absolutely tj johnson under these terrible circumstances, will now rise up as the new Black Panther. There you go. And I can say I got to know you. All right, all right, There you go. (laughs) You knew TJ? Yeah, I knew him. Way back
3: when, right? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes.
0: Way back when, indeed. Once again, I'm speaking to my good friend, TJ Johnson. Just a pleasure talking to you, as always, my friend. But before we head on out, I want to hear your thoughts one last time on, you know, there needs to be more equality in this country, and because so much has gone wrong in 2020 and previous years in regards to systemic racism,
3: you know, it, it's just important that we don't give up the fight. And I think it's more important right now that we make sure that we exercise our right to vote. I think not voting, in a particular in this particular election, is just one of the worst things you can do. Not voting is almost as bad as just voting for Trump. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's almost just that egregious. The fact that you know we've had ancestors who have fought and died. Now, as, a, as a black man, we have ancestors who's fought and died for the opportunity to vote. And to vote during situations like this where, you know, this, our world is dependent on it. I think we have a civil service. We have a civil responsibility to do our part. So there's a lot that needs to change. Obviously, we could spend a whole nother podcast talking about that. But what's important is that we continue the fight. We continue the conversation. We continue the movement. We don't allow people to take what's happening and spin it the truth of the matter is you know it's not that it's not that us saying or anybody saying black lives matters means that no other lives matter that's not what anybody is saying what they're saying is that hey they matter too black lives matter and i think when people take the political aspect of it or the this ideology that is a movement that's not really helping or that you know we're looking at at black being supreme like that's that's not it but we just want to have a, a seat at the table we just want to be equal we just want to be able to do what we what we came to do you know we want our fair shot just like anybody else that's it so there's there's still a lot of work that needs to be done and we could go on and on and on and on
0: couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself right there for you yeah. Once again, it's my good friend TJ Johnson. I'll tell you what, you know, I want you back on the show as soon as you're able to. I know your schedule is is very tough, but if you're able to squeeze a little (laughs) bit of time, I need you coming back on the show as soon as you're able to, to talk the Lakers, uh, pop culture as always, and even more. But my friend, it's always a pleasure talking to you. And again, hopefully everybody out there will do their part in trying to go ahead and make this a better world. And it starts with your vote come November.
3: Amen. Amen, brother. Appreciate it.
0: You got it, my friend. I wish you well. Continued success to you. I'm so happy that you're, again, part of Pop Culture Cosmos. And, of course, right here at the PCC Multiverse.
1: If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro Games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson,
0: Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game game metropolis well my friend I just spoke to tj johnson from voice from the underground about black panthers i want to hear your thoughts on where you think the black panther series would go i think there are three great female characters that could take up the role of black panther and i think any one of them would do them justice
2: i'm intrigued i have a pretty unique perspective maybe i don't know give me your three and and i i'd love to give you my thoughts after that
0: Well, everybody wants Shuri. Everybody loves Shuri. Letitia Wright is amazing and sensational as that. And the comic books had, had her step into the role as Black Panther, her character, because she was next in line to the throne. Then you have Okoye, Danai Gurira, who I absolutely love. She's terrific and fantastic, and she always has those lines. The only thing with Letitia Wright and Danai Gurira is that they stand out so well in their own characters that it's it's so hard to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and have you now take up two roles. I just think those two actresses are so good at what they're doing right now for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as those own characters. I think that they should stay as those two characters. The one lady that I think should get the chance is Lupita Nyong'o Absolutely. Uh, as Nakia. Because you could say in the plot line that she married T'Challa. And she could easily take over because she was obviously very badass in her role in Black Panther. You saw her in action. Nobody can tell me different on that. I think she's a sensational actress as well. And I think she would be my choice if I was Kevin Feige sitting in Marvel Land up there.
2: So I get that Marvel Land doesn't operate in the same universe that we all do. They're going to make their own decisions and they're going to make their decisions based on what's going to be best for them as a company, I'm guessing. I didn't realize how much I was going to be affected by the passing of Chadwick Boseman. That being said, I think Black Panther as a character is too important to walk away from. This is a, a franchise that actually had a major impact on everybody. I don't know if we can let it go, but it's it's hard to find somebody to fill the shoes that have been left vacant. I would say I'm an interested, I'm intrigued by a Black Panther 2. It's going to be have to d- be done right, though. And it's got to feel like we're honoring him, but at the same time, it's got to stand alone on its own. This feels like we're in another Dark Knight Rises situation, right? Like we lost Heath Ledger and Chris Nolan had to go back to the drawing board and rewrite the Dark Knight Rises script because he had already included the Joker in with Bane and all Ryan Coogler
0: things. has already stated he's going to have to do the very same thing because he had already written it out for Chadwick Boseman.
2: The story needs to continue, but it, it just, it needs to be done right. We might need to get creative here to find a, a good solution that will make sure everybody's happy to a certain extent.
0: What are your thoughts out there on Black Panther How should the series continue? And who should don the role of Black Panther? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Speaking of super-powered franchises, Star Wars is still in the news. Always seems to stay in the news. Daisy Ridley was on the Jimmy Kimmel show talking to Josh Gad about some alternate plots that were talked about and actually at one point set in stone. So they were changed. And the one that was brought out the most was the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, lineage, which as everybody knows, didn't happen in The Rise of Skywalker, which became the Palpatine family. So I want to hear your thoughts. Would that have been a better way to go? Because for me and for Josh, I think anything from what we saw in The Rise of Skywalker would have been a better way to
2: go. You and I didn't get a chance to talk about this. But the ending felt a little hokey, right?
0: The whole movie felt a little, a little hokey.
2: Okay, but I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt and just say, the last... 40 minutes felt hokey. Last 30 minutes felt hokey. All right, so I'm with you. Anything would have been better. And especially when we learned about some of the alternate endings that might have been, especially with the storylines, Ben would have risen up as the ghost, or Anakin would have risen up as the, as the ghost to put his hand on Ray's shoulder to give her the power of the underworld from the fact that we didn't explore any of these avenues, that they got poo-pooed by the studio execs is, is mind-blowing to me. So it's it's a little bit of an internal struggle for me personally, but I think it would have been a much better movie if we would have done anything that I've heard. Anything.
0: Literally anything. <laughs> I don't mind Palpatine because I love Palpatine as a character as far as what he brought. He was actually the only thing that was truly interesting to the prequels. Rise of Skywalker was a tough watch, I think, for everyone. But
2: if, if you gave it Kenobi, and I think they actually mentioned this in the Yahoo article that you posted yesterday, earlier today... That would have given us that complete storyline: a Skywalker saving the Kenobi, the Kenobi saving the Skywalker. Like we would have had a full circle here. Why didn't we do anything?
0: <laughs> There's a lot of questions on the entire trilogy itself and the way it was executed. So we could be here for the next 24 hours straight and not have the answer set.
2: I got like six people we can call and do this for at least six hours you might I'm sure you <laughs> I'm sure you've got twelve that you could call right
0: now uh, I'm just I'm serious you know for all the Star Wars fans that are out there that are trying to side with it, there seems like there's two three, four five more that will say like Josh and I and that sounds like you as well they should have done something different absolutely. what are your thoughts out there on Daisy Ridley's comments in regards to a different alternate plot line first the star wars movies in this latest trilogy love to hear your thoughts pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com but well, before we head on out my friend it's a big update coming at you and that is the xbox series s and xbox series x it was one of those famous leaks i think it was i don't know it was eurogamer.net or it's one of the outlets out there caught a wind of, of what was going on with the xbox series x and x and it got released out there, not only uh, broke out as far as, I remember actually seeing it late at night, uh, like the day before they actually had to announce that the Xbox did, the date and price, and so I posted that on the Game Source Facebook page, which was the Xbox Series S, which is the entry-level unit that's coming out, that's at 299 The Xbox Series X is 499 And the release date for the Xbox Series S and X will be November 10th. I want to hear your thoughts on this. The Xbox Series S is going to be able to do quite a bit above what an Xbox One normally does right now, but it won't be able to do it at the high-resolution 4K, 8K type of deals. The frame rate issues might not be as extensive as the Xbox Series X, but overall, the Xbox Series S as $299, that's not a bad value. The only problem is... Will there be any entry-level games as far as the system is concerned when it gets released that will have people wanting to buy the system for it?
2: This is really interesting to me, this entire Series S versus Series X. The fact that we're going to be doing the digital exclusive only version is mind-blowing to me in the sense of, dude, I grew up with physical media. You grew up with physical media. The fact that we're just transitioning to this entire digital realm is insane. And It's going to be less powerful. It only does 1440p is going to be the limitation for me. I'm excited by it. I think this is Microsoft taking a page out of the Apple Playbook to a certain extent. You know, Apple introduced the iPhone XR and that was really geared to be an entry model to the Apple uh, landscape to a certain extent, right? You had an entire user base that was below your general user base market that couldn't afford technically the iPhone XS or couldn't do any of these other things, but they could afford the next step down more of an entry model. And that's what this Series S is feeling like to me I have a feeling it's going to sell pretty well, but over the next few years, it's going to, well, obviously it's just going to, but yeah, I think the digital series only, the series S is going to be a good entry market, but it's also maybe catering to people in my age bracket, you know, this 30 to 36 bracket that maybe doesn't care about having the 4k gaming, but really just wants to have that experience, but have the latest experience, right? the the visuals to it and i'll tell you i'm not going to buy the series s i'll end up buying the series x or the ps5 more likely the ps5 but the digital only version at 299 obviously going to be a great model for people trying to get their small kids into gaming or something if under 12 under 14 years old they're not going to know give them the series s i i think this is definitely going to be one of those entry models to get people stepping stone towards the series x eventually and i mean it's it sounds amazing, right? Like they're running technically the same CPU. It's just the graphics processor on the Series S is going to be an older quality.
0: And I'll tell you what, my friend, as for a lot of people, the 299 price tag is, especially this holiday, going to be something that's attractive. I think that was a smart move by not just having a $500 unit out there saying go ahead and buy because just a $500 unit is going to be a tough sell. But the $500 unit is now going to people such as yourself or really die-hard gamers that are really interested in it. But people of the general audience can go ahead and say, you know what, I want to get the next generation of gaming, but it's something at $299 I can more readily afford. So I thought that was a smart move by Xbox. We'll see what happens down the road. The only thing for me is I don't know yet what the entry-level games, what are the games that are coming out with it that make me say, you know what, I got to go ahead and get into the next generation game. The current generation kind of looks really good right now. So I don't know if I want to step into it yet until I see more games that are going to be available for it that make me say, you know what, I've got to go ahead and take that investment. i got to go ahead and take that leap. So we'll wait and see if, if those actual exclusive games come out for that systems that are really going to just draw people like me in. I'm a little bit on this generation. I've, I've really bought in early on, on most of these other generations, but this generation, I think I'm going to hold off just a little bit until I see something exclusive. It says to me, Gerald, it's time. Gotta buy one right now. What are your thoughts out there on the Xbox Series S and Xbox Series X coming out at two hundred ninety nine dollars and four hundred ninety nine dollars November 10th? Are you excited for it? Or are you like, eh? I'll wait and see. Share us your thoughts. Pop Culture cosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, Marcus, it's been great having on the program. I cannot thank you enough for doing so. But before we head on out, my friend, Marvel's Avengers video game, I know I've been... Putting this off on the back burner for a couple episodes, but it has come out. Some of the reviews are finally being finalized because you know, of delays or the, the fact that these the reviewers didn't get a chance to look at it too much in advance. They're coming out with eh okay reviews as far as a generating. They they're they're liking Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan's character, they're mm-hmm. liking some of the characters in there. They're liking and enjoying the campaign, but everything after that, including the multiplayer and everything else, was not to their liking. So I want to hear your thoughts. You had a great analogy and a comparison, Marvel's Avengers, and I want to hear your thoughts on Marvel's Avengers.
2: I think just watching the gameplay and and reading everything I've read, it feels like vanilla destiny, but not vanilla destiny that we got when PS4, you know, was really in its heyday there or not even PS4 when destiny was in its heyday, right on, on release, it doesn't even feel that good. So I, I will say that, you know, when you look at the graphics, you look at the gameplay, the mechanics behind everything, it looks like vanilla destiny. That being said, the campaign apparently is outstanding. It's 12 to 15 hours long and everybody loves, like you said, Everybody loves the early character development and everything, but it just doesn't feel like it's going to succeed in the long run. I hope that the Marvel's Avengers game really does grow, because I, I was very intrigued by it, especially watching gameplay today. It feels like somebody took Destiny and was like, nah, let's throw a Thor skin on that, or let's throw an Iron Man skin on anybody and, and let them dance around on a map for a minute. That's kind of what it felt like. But I was still intrigued, and I think that a lot of that stems back to I was a Destiny 1 head. Uh, I I played nonstop. I was lost in that video game.
0: I played that demo of Destiny way back when, and I got into Destiny in the early beginnings of it, but it sucked me right back out, uh, and it just was repetitive, and I never got back into it. So I'm hoping Marvel's Avengers will do something to suck me in besides a, a pretty good campaign. It's got to have a life extended of its own. I'm hoping that the folks at Square Enix will learn from their reviews and go ahead and make sure that they make and build a better world for this universe as far as from the after campaign type stuff and they can go ahead and build a better multiplayer and things like that and then have it so that maybe in a year from now when the prices are reduced for Marvel's Avengers video game, maybe it goes on sale this time next year for Black Friday and whatnot. I'm buying into it then because... As much as I love the Avengers and love Marvel, I really am not enthused by just playing through a campaign. Thank the rest of it stinks.
2: I think they need to take a page out of the Destiny book. There, Destiny actually brought good multiplayer campaign out the gate, and that's something that everybody is consistently saying is going to be garbage with the or it has been garbage with this Avengers game. Is multiplayer well, is just not there. Why would I spend sixty dollars on a game when not, only uh, you know half of it is working?
0: Exactly, and that's something that they need to address, and hopefully by this time next year, as so many other games, and that's something about this generation that has been the saving grace on why this generation of gaming has been so good, because with No Man's Sky and so many other games that have come out of the blocks with such tepid or bad or mediocre reviews, they've built and worked on it and updated and updated to the point where they now have a very viable game, two, three, four years later, especially in the case of No Man's Sky. So I'm hoping that, yeah. like, like Destinies, the Destiny twos, the No Man's Skies, that Marvel Avengers will take heed and put work into the actual full game itself and be able to make it a complete adventure at some point in time. What are your thoughts out there on Marvel's Avengers, the video game? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Pop Culture Cosmos my friend it's been a great episode talking pop culture with you in fact i liked it so much how about hopping on the show next week as well
2: i would love to uh, i'll do this as long as you know the pop culture cosmos will have me around i know it's not just you it's the listeners out there too so listeners give us some feedback let us know what, what you thought about today absolutely
0: we'd love to hear your thoughts on that but before we end on out anything you want to plug
2: myself castle fpv that's K-A-S-T-L-E-F-P-V. that's on twitter and instagram You can follow me. I just got a haircut today and I posted some wacky photos so you can go have a good laugh at that one.
0: There you go. Gotta follow him today. Castle FPV. Right there for you. So for Marcus de la Garza, this is Gerald Glassman. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great (laughs) i <laughs>